1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast and uh, this week, in fact today, is the beginning of Diwali, the uh, Festival of Light, so uh, if any of my listeners, uh, you know, celebrate that, happy Diwali. Um, this week, Tim Cook uh, gave an interview to People uh, magazine and talked about diversity, being gay, and a lot more. The iPod turned 18. Where did the years go? The Amiga 1200 turned 27. Oh, my God. And Google proved that quantum computing is real. Um, Well, there's not much Apple news, I have to say, but um, all of the slackers have uh, abandoned me, pretty much. But you haven't just got me. I am joined by Steve at Nibs UK Leach, from the Mac and Forth uh, podcast, and we're going to pick over the bones of what news there is. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, And you? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, uh,
0: quite rested. I was just saying it's quite nice to do a podcast Sunday um, and uh, not have to rush in from work and uh, jump on.
1: That is true. That is true. Yeah, as I said before the show, uh, we used to record, I think, originally on a Saturday, but we found there was always something, uh, you know, something making that a bit difficult. Sunday afternoon has turned out to be our, our favourite. Um, as I say, doesn't necessarily work for Carl because I think he's usually sleeping off his Saturday night. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So um, on the Apple front, there's sort of no news news, no sign of an Apple event. No sign of an Apple event whatsoever. Um, Way too late for uh, invitations to be going out now, Um, obviously. All the smart money seemed to say that uh, if there was going to be one, it would have been the 29th, but uh, no sign of anything. So looks like we're not getting an Apple event. Um,
0: Yeah, certainly seems like uh, they've definitely left it too late. Uh, In the the past, it's typically been a week uh, or at least three to four days when the invitations have gone out. So uh, it looks like we're not going to be getting one. But uh, it be, as with most Apple things, it was only a rumour anyway. And, well, a, yes. and, a, and a bit of an assumption in the, uh, in the Apple tech sphere. But...
1: It's, uh, yeah, well, I think there's been a lot of um, speculation based on the fact that if they have one, they have one in late October. But checking the records, they didn't have one in 2017 and they didn't have one in 2015. Mm. So mm, is there a pattern there? Who knows <laughs> you can speculate to your heart's content, can't you um what else uh can you say about it? I mean, a lot of people have been saying, well they've got to have an event because of the mac pro, but um, as I said to you before the show i'm I'm not really convinced by that to be honest, because they had a huge reveal of the Mac pro didn't they earlier in the year i'm I'm And it's a fairly small audience that 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 is for. I'm not sure that really warrants a huge press event just to say, yeah, you know, that thing we told you about a few months ago. Well, now it's on sale. That doesn't strike me as really a, um, you know, a press event thing. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the speculation was that the uh, rumored event was was going to be kind of pro focused. Um, specifically introducing the 16-inch MacBook Pro laptop range, mm. um, which, uh, if rumors, again, uh, are to be believed, is aimed squarely at the pro market uh, with uh, prices of sort of three grand upwards. Um, maybe some more iPad Pros, maybe some more pro uh, audio hardware. Um, and I think then the Mac Pro slides nicely into that kind of pro... Uh, yeah. Uh, presentation and then, and they could say finally it's uh it's available for sale
1: it, exactly uh I, i'm totally with you there but you know there's no sign of uh any new um you know no sign of any new ipad pros um there's rumors about um iP- AirPod 3 slash airpod pro um I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, AirPods though. Pro. AirPods yeah. Pro. Can't say that that really warrants an event either. Um,
0: no, definitely not on its own. But um, but as part of a, an overall event, it, it would exactly have fitted
1: yeah. in. It would have done. Um, yeah. I, can, I can only postulate that either the 16-inch, uh, you know, rumoured uh, laptop isn't ready mm. or um, they're saving that for, yeah, some kind of, you know, bigger event where they can... Um, Show the whole lot off, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. with the improved, I don't know, uh, Final Cut Pro or, or Logic or, you know, pro, yeah. pro yeah. real pro, you know, stuff. Um, disappointed, I suppose. We're all disappointed there's not something. I guess there's a chance they could hold one in November, but traditionally they hmm. they've always pretty much stuck to October, so... Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. I think November's a little bit too close to Christmas, but uh, but again, if it's aimed at pros, they're not they're not looking, uh, you know, at the consumer sort of sales. Exactly. Um, but um, may, maybe it's not the sixteen-inch hardware that's not ready, but but maybe they're not confident in Catalina yet on the sixteen-inch uh in or in order to release it because. Um there's been a new icon uh, discovered in uh, in some of the Catalina beaters, I believe. Uh, yes, that,
1: that's where that... most of this stuff is coming from. Um Yeah. You know, rumored to be basically the uh the 15-inch with smaller bezels. Um Yeah. And allegedly going back to a scissor switch keyboard. Um
0: Yeah, that's been the the rumor ever since the the 16-inch was uh postulated about first of all because the the butterfly keyboard i think has been disappointing for uh, a lot of apple customers um and i think particularly the pro market would uh would welcome the return to the scissor mechanism
1: yeah i mean obviously i don't have a butterfly keyboard machine and I'm I'm still not sure how prevalent the problems with it are. That obviously there are problems with it. It's certainly prevalent enough that um plenty of people have been squealing about it and certainly enough that Apple have kind of had to do a uh, uh sort of extended warranty up front as it were which was if you have a butterfly keyboard and something goes wrong with it we will fix it. Um Yeah,
0: they've they've essentially extended the warranty on the keyboard part alone for uh, up to 4 years from purchase.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's obviously there are obviously problems with it. How bad they really are, you probably have a better idea really, Steve, because obviously you work in a, you know, a repair center. Um Yeah,
0: so I I work at an Apple authorized service provider in in Watford. Um and we are fairly busy. We we um uh we actually have referrals from the Apple store in Watford uh sending people to us you know mainly it's older machines that apple maybe don't want to deal with in their in their own stores and and uh, that that's why they have service providers like us so that they can uh, send some of that market along to us um but we do get a fair amount of uh, warranty work in as well and um yeah we have seen a few of the butterfly keyboards with sticking keys and whatever um of those Maybe fifty percent. Um, we've been able to sort out immediately with uh, compressed air, um, just just by blowing the debris out from uh, from underneath the keys and sending the uh, happy customers along their way. Um, but yeah, sometimes we, we do have to go ahead and uh, replace the whole top case because the keyboard's built into the top case. Yeah,
1: I mean, they're, they're, well, they've been doing that to some extent, haven't they? Pretty much ever since the the white plastic ones, where they um the like the core. The Core 2 Duos, I think those were the first yes. ones, weren't they, where the, where the keyboard was effectively attached to the shell because in yeah. the, the older, the iBooks before that, the keyboard was, a, was removable. Um, yes. Just yeah. um, did those little clips and lifted it out. Uh, that's right little tabs at the top here. yeah in fact that was how you got to the ram wasn't it It was under the keyboard on those that's right
0: yeah yeah um so they were all uh, pre kind of unibody designs but uh, ever ever since unibody
1: ever since the unibody which started of course with the plastic ones and um moved on to the aluminium ones so ever since then yeah the the keyboard is actually and the trackpad they're all you know built in um Mm. which makes for a lovely device but it does mean if it goes wrong you're in big trouble on the yeah, whole Yeah,
0: and or expensive trouble if it's out of warranty, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, there we go. Um the iPod has turned eighteen. Um not much to say about that really, is there? I mean, other than the iPod is eighteen. It's uh yeah. wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, you know, what like all these things blimey i thought that was last week you know? <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> there we yeah, go it's really, uh, how, uh, how time flies sort of story isn't
1: it it is all, all those stories are always like that and uh as i said at the start um apparently the amiga a 1200 is 27 which is uh <laughs> even more frightening um mm. i never had an amiga but i must admit i uh you know i really did at the time quite uh like the look of those um very nice. Yeah, I was,
0: uh, I was never in the Amiga camp myself. Uh, I was a ZX Spectrum right. guy. Um, the the other main rival seemed to be Commodore 64 at the time. Um, yes. I think Amiga was uh, at the uh, higher budget end. It
1: definitely uh, was,
0: yes. Whereas Spectrum and Commodore 64 were, were more kind of home user.
1: Very much so. I mean, the yeah. the Amiga, uh, certainly, sort of the twelve hundred and the two thousand were very much pitched as real, you know, real business computers. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, maybe up there with the BBC uh, machines.
1: Yeah, certainly, uh, they were certainly higher end. But I, I, I do know a lot of people who had who had them um, still, you know, still remember them with great fondness. Um mm. and of course when when it was quite strange because they were, you know, really powerful machines for the time. Um, there we go. Um I always thought it was sad that Apple didn't buy them when they got into trouble, to be honest. Um mm. I thought that, particularly at the time when Com- you know Commodore went under and the Amiga yeah. was left um, sort of floundering.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, who knows where it would have been now if, yeah, uh, if they'd
1: had it done. I, I always thought it was a strange thing because Apple at the time were not exactly, um, you know, they're not the... Um, Juggernaut they are now and Ooh. I always thought at that time if they purchased uh, at least the Amiga part of Commodore's business probably for a song um they could have you know onboarded a large number of uh, new users at that time because mm-hmm. of course the the um the Amiga ran on the Motorola processors the same as the Mac so uh, yeah. there we are yeah. would have been but a good fit it really would have, I always thought it would have been a good fit and I never understood why they didn't but there you go I wasn't in charge of Apple so what I think wasn't really very important
0: <laughs> Ooh. maybe should, somebody should write a drama about that and pitch it to uh, apple tv plus
1: yes <laughs> what happened when apple bought amiga yeah yeah there we are um <laughs> apple have been advising iphone 5 users uh are there a lot of iphone 5 users out there i'm not sure um i guess there oh, might we'll be quite a lot of many. well i suppose there might be um you know there might be children and and so on younger Users with hand-me-downs. Yeah, um, I guess,
0: and maybe maybe some uh, in the emerging countries um, who haven't quite caught up with the big screen craze, hmm. um, and they are after a, a cheap, cheaper communication device.
1: Yep, Uh, you know, I guess there are always people out there. Also, there are, you know, we have to remember not everybody is in the tech sphere like us and loves new shiny things. They just want a phone that works. And um, there we go. Anyway, Apple have advised iPhone 5 owners that they need to update to iOS 10.3.4 which i believe is the last uh, version of the ios they can run um, by november the 3rd um if you've got an iphone 5 i would have thought you'd have been on that already but uh i would have thought go. so
0: but but yeah again uh with, with not everybody being tech focused uh they they might well just stick with uh, whatever ios um it you know they got the phone with um mm. i don't think the updates were quite as in your face as they are now back then yeah, I uh, so, think you uh, might
1: have had to dig a little bit more, mightn't you, back mm, then? Um yeah. I mean, certainly since sort of, sort of since iOS eleven, um, yeah. you definitely, you know, almost can't avoid them. They're like, a new yeah. update is available. Press here now. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, apparently, um, the the reason for this is that the installer, I believe, will stop being signed, and the only way to update to ten point. Three point four after november the third will be to connect to your um computer and do a full restore via itunes or right there we go so if if you're listening to this and you have an iphone 5 and you are not on 10.3.4 do it now quickly be quick
0: yeah, uh, apparently it fixes some GPS bug as well. And uh, if, if you don't do it, you may not be able to continue using App Store and iCloud. So. Oh,
1: yes. that Of course, that was the main one, wasn't it? Yes, that is mm. the the main one. Um, the iCloud and App Store uh, will no longer support earlier versions. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Mind
0: you, if you're still running apps that support temp, uh, iOS 10, um, good luck with those as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, good luck finding any apps that, that you can actually download. That is true. Mm. Yes. Um. Oh, well, I don't know. Though, having said that, uh, mocking aside, um, I've got an old iPad two, not a not a Air two, and an actual, actual iPod mm. two, um, <laughs> and that's running iOS whatever at nine point something. Wow. Um, and my boy was still, you know, still downloading games on that. Um, I guess a lot of the simple sort of games don't really require that much oomph. Yeah. Uh, or clever features, you know. So there we are. Um, right. Well, um, apparently, some trapped hikers were rescued after an Apple Watch automatically called 911 for them. Um, the link I've got here is from Fox News. Watch out. It's an autoplaying video. Um, and it's Fox News. I'm not going to go any more into that than that. But... Uh, yeah, apparently they were hiking and fell down a cliff and ended up stuck on a ledge um, and somebody's Apple Watch called 911 and they were rescued. So there we go. That's a good news story. I don't think there's much more to say about that, is there? Other than, no, um, not really. you know, I assume it was fall detection.
0: Yeah, Apple really seemed to highlight these uh, these occasions where, where Apple Watch have, have detected a fall and called the emergency services. Um, and, and why wouldn't they? You know, it's a great feature of, of the Apple Watch. I don't think any other um, smartwatch um, has got this sort of feature to it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good on them for uh, saving some more lives, potentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think part of the reason behind that is when they originally launched that feature, um, a lot of people were, well, I'm not, you know, 85 years old with a dodgy hip, so why would I need to worry about fall detection? Um mm. But, of course, a lot of these stories that have come out have been, you know, things like mountain cyclist hits rock and bashes head on tree, you know, saved by Apple Watch, that sort of thing. Because, you know, (laughs) anyone can have a fall. Um, Certainly,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't been uh, deluged with stories about drunk teenagers falling over.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's also true. Yeah. There we go. So, um they are, and I know. Uh, I think by default it only turns on if if the watch thinks you're over sixty five or sixty yes. or something. Yes. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, it's a uh, uh, it's a manual uh, yeah procedure to turn it on. Yeah.
1: And I I think uh, you know I I kind of understand why they did that, but actually I think it should be on by default, and if it's if it's manual and you've got that, you know, have a watch that supports it. I think you should turn it on, mm. you know, turn it on, people. Then yeah. when you fall off that stool trying to get your bottle of brandy off the top shelf, someone <laughs> can come and help you. There yeah. we are. Um, Tim Cook uh, gave an interview to the people. Uh, magazine uh in Spain, I believe, um originally. Uh where he uh you know talked about diversity, Apple coming out as gay, being gay. Um again, um it's an interesting uh you know, an interesting piece if you're if you like uh Tim Cook or what he has to say. Um it's Tim Cook doing what he says. Uh what he likes to do really, which is say what he thinks and um, stand up for what he believes. So uh if you don't like Tim Cook or what he has to say, it's probably not worth reading it, but <laughs> hmm. I don't know what else to say about it really. Um...
0: Yeah, it's not really, uh, uh, I, I'm not really sure why they've, uh, pub- why they've published the story to be honest, but I guess people are interested in, in the people behind the big tech companies that they're interested in. Um, you know, Apple, uh, I think have always have had this uh, kind of open uh, nature Um And Ethos, uh, uh, they've been very accepting about diversity and whatever um, throughout their whole uh, sort of period of business. So, um, yeah, he's. uh, I I personally like Tim Cook. I think he's a a great figurehead for the company. I think he's done some great things for Apple. Um, You you don't hear so much now about, you know, this wouldn't have happened if Steve was still around, which, which I think is a good sign that Tim's doing a good job.
1: Yeah, I, I I think he does do a good job. I, it's true, you know, he doesn't have quite the the charisma of, of Steve, but mm. that would be very difficult. I mean, Steve was kind of one of a kind, and yeah. um, he's certainly not the showman that Steve was. Oh, oh, that that's true, but but um, I think he's made
0: up for it at keynotes and whatever by by. Bringing out other other people, yes. um, rather rather than taking so much of the lead himself, and uh, and I think that's good as well because we we get to see you know the the other people uh, behind the curtains in Apple and uh, uh, you know a little bit about what they do and how they work as well. It's uh, I think it makes it more interesting.
1: Yes, and um, you know I I think it's um, I think it's commendable really how open he is himself. You know, I mean, he's the first major CEO to come out as openly gay. Um, He's never really... uh, I, I mean, I know there was a lot of speculation when he first took over, and I think maybe he partly came out to just stamp on that. I mean... You know, why have people muttering about it if you can't just come out and say it? Yes, I am. So what? Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I do like Tim Cook. I think he, um, you know, he stands up for what he believes in. And I I think, um, although I don't think Steve maybe made quite so much of what Apple as a company tries to stand for, as, as mm. Tim has done. Um, yeah. Tim has definitely, you know, made a big thing of the, you know, the green... Green credentials and the diversity and um, and all yeah that.
0: education and all that sort of stuff uh, yeah yeah where I think yeah Tim uh, Steve Jobs was um, maybe a little bit more kind of self focused um, and uh, yeah Tim Tim has done a lot to uh, broaden the uh, exposure of the ethos of of, of Apple uh, yeah. and and to keep that going
1: very much. So there you go. If you're um, if you're interested in that, um, there's a ch- I've got a link to Nine to Five, which has a quick summary with a few quotes, and that has a link to the original People website. If you're interested in reading that, um, and that's about it for the Apple news. I have to say, um, so uh, the biggest tech story this week, um, realistically, has been um, about Google's quantum computer. Um, I've got a link here to a TechCrunch article, which is quite long, um, but it's it, it's very interesting. It not only explains um, what they did, but also kind of why it's important. And um, it, it's a very accessible article. Um, it very much, in layman's terms, explains kind of what quantum computing is about and why it matters. Um, one of the biggest things about uh, and why they've been trumpeting it so much is that this experiment actually um verifies that quantum computing works at all because until now it's all been pretty theoretical uh, hmm.
0: yeah i think the whole the whole quantum physics uh, arena is is one that probably not many people understand <laughs> um, and, 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 and to to be able to write an article in layman's terms of, about it uh is uh, is is pretty impressive in itself um it's it's quite a difficult concept to to get your head around um you know it's it's all about kind of the spaces between atoms as far as, as far as I can out. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's all um... very
1: it's all very technical <laughs> um basically yeah. uh, to, to summarize the uh, the article um instead of having um instead of having a simple binary on off uh storage which obviously is how quote unquote classical computers work mm. um each qubit uh, is effectively a 3D sphere, and it can spin and rotate and whatnot. So it can, it can have more than an on-off state. This is part of how it works. But built into that, there's a certain amount of uncertainty for each qubit, which is where your head will explode if you try and understand the mechanics <laughs> behind it. the The experiment basically... Uh, They built a um, a quantum computer with a certain number of qubits. I forget exactly how many they started with. And then they got the biggest uh, supercomputer in the world to model what the expected output would be. And uh, the supercomputer originally, you know, the first few simple uh, tests the supercomputer model would uh, return the same result, um, or at least range of probabilities. I won't, I'm not going to get into it here, but uh, it returned a valid and matching result in almost the same time. However, as they started to add more qubits, um, it took the supercomputer you know, exponentially longer uh, until they reached a point where I believe they had 54 qubits and uh, three iterations, I think, And uh, at that point, it took the supercomputer a week to do what the quantum computer had managed in seconds, um, and they calculated that if they went any further, it would probably take the supercomputer something like 10,000 years to uh, match the output of the quantum computer. Um, The biggest point here is this has proved that quantum computing is real and it works as expected, and uh, the models also uh, are correct. So, that's actually, um, as they described it in the article, uh, sort of a hello world moment, or uh, as one of the uh, quantum computing guys said, well, Sputnik didn't do very much, but uh, we still refer to the Sputnik moment when we proved that you could actually do such a thing. So, um how long it would take before that moves. I mean, that's not something we're going to be seeing on our desktops in our lifetime, I would have thought, Steve. But um, it's it's incredibly, uh, possibly, you know, the next big moment in computing. So there we are. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, yeah, do go over and read it because it's quite a, quite an interesting article, but it is quite long. Oh, I think I've lost him. Oh, no. I don't. We don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened. Um, I was talking to Steve, and uh, and then I got deathly silence. And uh, then my boy came running in and went, Dad, Dad, the internet's off, the internet's off. Like the end of the world had happened. And um, so we, we did all the usual one, plugging the routers and plugging the routers back in and nothing for about three hours. And then all of a sudden it just went, ba-ding, your Proton VPN is connected. Like, we're back, we're back. So I've no idea what that was. Something fairly local, I reckon. Somebody yeah, tripped yeah, over you'll the ne- cable. We'll probably never find out. We'll never know. No, somebody tripped over the cable in a telephone exchange or something.
0: Mm.
1: There we are. Oh dear. So, um after that uh, short break. <laughs> 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 um, where were we? Um Google apparently snuck an augmented reality ad slash easter egg onto the back of the pixel four box according to mashable and some other people apparently if you have a pixel four um and you fire up whatever their augmented reality thing is and look at the back of the box there's a there's an easter egg on there for you there you go um Apparently, the first 100% electric black cab for 120 years has been launched in London, uh, according to The Guardian, which is nice, I suppose. Um, I always. Did they have
0: 121 years? Well,
1: ago? yeah. I, or is it 120 <laughs> years of black cabs? I would have thought black cabs have been going. Oh, uh,
0: maybe. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I always actually <laughs> do find it slightly amusing when they have all this stuff, you know, uh, particularly places like Target, considering all electric delivery vans and that's it's like, yeah, we had those when I was a kid. It was called a milk. Yeah. <laughs> All our co-op milkmen drove around in those electric boats. Mm. Rattle, 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 rattle. Um,
0: yeah, it's funny you don't see many of them anymore, do you?
1: No, I think that's because... Um, the, Everyone gets their milk from the supermarket. Well, there is that. I mean, you can still have it delivered, or it certainly can round here, Um, but as the number of dairies has shrunk and the number of people who have their milk delivered to the doorstep has shrunk, the area that the poor milkman has to drive around has become larger, probably to the extent Mm. that he can no longer make it round in one of those electric carts. Yeah. Yeah. here we go. Uh, apparently this is a converted Nissan van called the Dynamo and has been licensed to help clean up Capital's filthy air according to the Guardian. Um, well, all for the good, I suppose. All those diesel burning black cabs can't be great can they i suppose
0: yeah yeah especially after they found out that diesel wasn't quite as uh as good as friendly they... as they first touted it to be <laughs> no.
1: yeah new clean diesel is better for you than petrol yeah mm. uh, except it's not um there we go i mean i i guess these sort of things we're going to get more and more of these aren't we you know i i think um was it maserati have said that they're going to build all their new supercars will be all electric um <laughs> Porsche have gone for uh, electric, i I suppose. If you're going to be out on the on the cutting edge of technology, that's where it's at at the moment.
0: Yeah, that's that's, that's where it's all currently pointing. Yeah, I just uh, think they they need to put a bell on the front of each of these cars because uh, there's there's been a few occasions where I've always been run down because I didn't hear the car coming.
1: Yeah, they don't make any real noise, do they? <laughs> um, although haven't they? Um, I don't, they've suggested that. Um, They were going to have to have some sort of noise emitter, electric cars. Uh, Not ones that are already on the roads, but newly built ones. Although, um, I don't know, that's mostly at low speeds. It's just going to be like one of those things. This vehicle is reversing. (laughs) Or in this (laughs) case, this this electric vehicle (laughs) is approaching. (laughs) Yeah, shut up. That's going to be worse worse and worse. Uh,
0: Swap uh, air pollution for noise pollution. Yeah
1: are all going round, if they're all going round making a horrible racket, will you be able to tell? <laughs> yeah. Every car screaming at you. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Uh, NordVPN confirms it was hacked, um, on TechCrunch. Uh, I think it was at Dougie in the Slack Room, pointed this one out, the, uh, you know, our, our favourite, uh, security man. Ooh. Um, not good news. Uh, I'm not sure how serious it, a breach it really was, um although no breach of a VPN is good, obviously, no. um, it appears that an expired internal private key was exposed, potentially allowing anyone to spin up their own server, imitating a NordVPN server. Um,
0: mm. That's um, potentially troublesome. Yes, not not uh, if, if someone wanted to set up a, uh, a VPN man-in-the-middle attack, uh, it would be... Uh... That would allow that, presumably.
1: Mm -mm. Um, It says here, the breach is likely to cause alarm that hackers may have been in a position to access user data. Um, One of its user data centres was accessed in March 2018 one of the data centres in Finland we are renting our servers from was accessed without authorization. The attacker gained access to the server by exploiting an insecure remote management system which was left by the data centre provider, NordVPN, mm. so they were unaware that such a system was in place.
0: Um, mm. mm. Well. Wow. If you're running this security service, maybe you'd be uh, a little more diligent. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: mm. um, I don't know what the end... Uh, several other VPN providers may have been breached around the same time. Uh, TorGuard and Viking VPN may have been compromised. Um, Tour guard said a single server was compromised in twenty seventeen. That denied any VPN traffic was accessed. Ah, mm. mm. oh, well, not not great. Um, I saw a few people crowing, you know, saying, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I used Proton or private mm. internet access, or it It's like, yeah, don't don't crow too much. Um, much yeah. as I, you know, much <laughs> as it's nice to feel it wasn't your VPN of choice, you know, can happen to anyone, uh, especially if yeah, you... and
0: it may only be out of time before yours is hacked. Yeah. Um, these, these things are constantly involving, and, uh, and and VPN providers
1: have got to be a target for hackers. Of course. Uh, for exactly this sort of reason. Um, you know, and to provide a decent service, you need servers placed all around the globe. Um, and I'm sure yeah. they can't actually um, employ all their own servers in all their own stuff. Somewhere they have to be, um, you know, remotely yeah. rented. Yeah. So mm. um, I guess that yeah, you're always then the weakest link is is um, somebody like that, isn't it? A, a server a server provider who's not as diligent as you would like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I I've heard of NordVPN. They they're heavy advertisers. I'm not sure how they rated on the uh, you know quality scale. They can't they can't be complete rubbish because they're fairly well heard of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm always dubious of these ones that say you know a lifetime of VPN protection for ten dollars and nobody's ever <laughs> heard of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. Microsoft have got a new way to keep your computer firmware from being hacked uh, with their uh, Secure Core PC concept. Um, I just get a feeling I've heard this before somewhere. <laughs> uh, I don't, no, I don't mean that in a you know in a snide way. I'm just saying I, I just get a feeling I've heard this kind of concept before. Um, I, I'm not quite sure how it works. I mean, didn't they used to have a thing with the trust chip or something?
0: Um... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so up on the Windows no. uh, sort of stuff myself. But um, yeah, I know there are um, like the big providers, like Dell and whatever, do have um, certain onboard chips that um, allow you to take corporate control of things like uh, disk encryption and things like that. So yeah, it could have been could have been baked into something like that. They had a previously. sort of
1: a trusted trusted computing platform or something. Mm, I'd say, yeah. To remember. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, that's. Uh, Almost exactly what it is called, I believe. Um, what they say, and Microsoft thinks it has a solution to the problem of people attacking firmware as part of a new partnership with PC manufacturers. They're launching an initiative called Secure Core PC. Um, They are rethinking Windows' relationship with the firmware and how it handles booting the device. Um, The processor's firmware will power up the system as always, but then limit how much the processor trusts its own firmware to define the code path it takes launching the system, Um, and will instead call on Microsoft's bootloader. Um, Okay. If you say Sounds
0: so. kind of similar to what uh, Apple are doing with the T2 I was going to say it sounds a bit like the whole T2,
1: T2 thing, doesn't it? Where, you know, um, yeah. what I, I think what they're kind of doing here is saying that the they're not going to use the BIOS for anything more than literally turning the power. Off. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Since Windows 8, Windows has included a secure boot feature, which checks the authenticity of the boot odor. Um So it seems like just an extension, like, yeah, like everybody's moving ever further, you know, ever more defenses as things get ever more tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds, yeah, it sounds very much like the T2 kind of idea, doesn't it? Um, very much so, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, oh, this this one is—I is, don't know what to think think about this one. Did you see this one? Um, Anti—I think it was Mac Jim posted it in our Slack room. Anti-surveillance mask lets you pass as someone else. So this is on CNET. Um, obviously, it's—I mean, wearing a mask to stop your—you know—facial recognition is not anything new, but mm. um, this is like. Um, This is like your actual um, Mission Impossible rubber mask. Right. <laughs> if you go to the, the thing, there's a picture here of a load of people um, which look dangerously like uh, some sort of viz cutout. you know, <laughs> a load of people with weird, <laughs> wrong faces. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, there's a picture of somebody wearing it, and it's a fairly, you know, lifelike uh, latex, I see, rubber ma. Uh, it's only the eyes that give it away. They make it look like something out of Doctor Who. But... Um, mm.
0: Yeah, I suppose our surveillance uh, tech um, gets better. Uh, the, the, you know, it's not just a, a 2D image of uh, of somebody's face. They could be taking uh, sort of 3D mm. data, um, and uh, the sort of facial recognition is becoming increasingly more sophisticated. Um, and high resolution as well, you know. High-res cameras are, uh, are much cheaper than they used to be. Mm. Um uh, so it's not not quite as easy to fool cameras as it as it used to be if you're that way inclined. Yeah.
1: It's uh I don't know what to make out of that really. It's a sort of it's somewhere between laughable and extremely creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, if you if you don't want to, you know, be face-recognised, then just yeah, don't show your face, as it were. But mm. wearing a rubber mask of somebody else's face seems a bit... Mm. Well, there you go. It's on CNET. Um I'm not sure how... Um, I'm Maybe, I don't know. What does it say about this guy? Um, a 3D-printed resin mask made of a 3D scan of Selvaggio's face. I assume he's possible manufacturer. Manufactured mm. by That'sMyFace.com, renders his features and skin tone with surprising realism the eyes peeping out through the eye holes give a certain creepiness to the look yeah they certainly do in the um creepiness is a part of the point as the interdisciplinary artist uh makes uh his face and not everyone's face approach to exploring the impact of an increasingly networked world on personal identity okay so it's uh to some extent i think it's a sort of uh, art piece but, yeah uh, yeah
0: But, you know, also, if you take this to the next level, is it possible that he wants a lot of likenesses of his face around the world so that he can get away with committing the crime somewhere else?
1: (laughs) Either that or he's going to spend an awful lot of time with the police knocking on his door. Yeah. What were you doing in Santiago (laughs) last Wednesday afternoon? Yeah. Uh, Well, I wasn't sticking up the bank. (laughs) Very strange. That is a rather strange story. (laughs) um yeah yeah um but (laughs) my immediate thought was yeah play play the mission impossible theme tune please yeah (laughs) uh yeah um and to some extent we're pretty much there i'll be honest um what else? Uh, I mean, the worth of chirps. It seems to be um, sale time for photo editors. Steve, everybody's mm. everybody's at it. Um, Pixelmator yeah. Pro are doing a fifty percent off sale. Uh, currently, twenty dollars or twenty pounds from the Mac App Store, as opposed to um, well, double that. <laughs> Strangely, yes, well,
0: that's a real bargain at the moment because Pixelmator Standard is twenty eight ninety nine currently. So. Um I think that fifty uh, percent offer is only on for the next two days as well is so, it right well it's, yeah, it's, if you if you do want it get get into it now yeah um
1: yeah. um acorn from flying meat, which is um another photo editor uh, uh, slightly at the um somewhat less complicated end um guy sell's favorite um editor actually Right. Uh,
0: a uh, yeah, acorn. I've, I've heard of acorn but never never used it myself no
1: I've never used it um Obviously, I because of my work, I've always I've had you know I've had access to things like uh, Photoshop or um, mm. Pixelmator Pro or well Pixelmator and Pixelmator Pro more recently and uh, and of course Affinity Photo. Um, but um, I, I understand Acorn is a, a, you know quite a nice little thing. As I say, Guy Searle's very keen on it. Um, aimed very much more at those with um, less complicated needs. Which you know, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. There's a space for as we said in the DTP you know, show you know, not everybody wants to tackle full-blown Photoshop. Um, yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I cut my teeth on Paint Shop Pro on, uh, on on the PC. Mm. That, that's what really got me into, uh, you know, the, the at least the idea of, uh, you know, being able to do a little bit of image manipulation yourself. And uh, for, for me now, P- Pixelmator and Pixelmator Pro, you know, feel that same sort of uh, uh, market. Yeah
1: very good um and of course partly this is also to celebrate the fact that they've released um version 1.5 i think it's called Avalon um pixelmaker pro that is it's their latest release so that's that's part mm. of the reason um and also um DXO photo lab, uh, are taking aim at Adobe lightroom and capture one market um and i believe their photo lab 3 is currently on sale i'm not really familiar with it with the- Mm. Um, with the DXO stuff. I didn't I think they took over no. Nick, the Nick stuff, which was ah oh yes, it says here, yeah. Um okay. they currently own the Nick collect
0: massive collection of uh, plugins for Photoshop, wasn't
1: it? Yes. Um and was expensive and then cheaper and then Google had it and were giving it away for free. And I think uh yeah, it look would appear that DXO yeah. took it over. Um photo lab three, hmm. uh, and improved repair and color adjustment tools along with keyboard support, uh, raw editing software.
0: Um, I think the interesting thing about these, um, this current crop of, uh, reductions is that they are one time purchase. Oh, software yes. Rather than, yes, they're all, um, um which yeah, yes. Yeah, so the subscription model seems to be sticking in uh, a lot of people. Or if that's the, if that's the right phrase, I think so. I um, think so. um, um there's a lot of traditional people who would much rather pay a price for a bit of software that they can use, you know, mm. indefinitely.
1: Um, I, I think um, I think part of it is, you know, if you I've said it over and over again, if you're doing it for a business, that's one thing. But it, it, you know, if you're a, a hobbyist or a, a you know a non profit or or whatever. Um hmm. then you know the subscription can become quite painful quite quickly um okay um yeah. d x o photo lab three essential edition will be available for ninety nine ninety nine normally a hundred and twenty nine um and photo lab three elite edition will be a hundred and forty nine ninety nine uh normally a hundred and ninety nine so there you go um, obviously I know that that's pit, that, um, pitch, much more at, okay. uh, semi-professional to professionals, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Prosumer, I think. Yes.
1: Probably the,
0: um, popular phrase. Yeah. Well,
1: there we go. That, um, the point is for some reason, all the photo people seem to be trying to, uh, catch our attention this week.
0: Hmm. I mean, um, they're talking about releasing Photoshop for the iPad, aren't they? So yes, uh,
1: they are. maybe,
0: maybe, maybe. maybe it's all tying into that. And, uh, maybe it's My just awareness
1: works. you know um yeah, yeah. I, I, the the stuff about photoshop all of the ipad though all seems to be very much about what it's not going to have <laughs> rather than what it is yeah. um very much somebody described moment, yeah. it the other day as yeah is it just a, is it just a thing that brings up hello world on your mm. <laughs> on your <laughs> ipad pro there we go <laughs> oh dear um, and what else have we got? Not much, really. That, that, that was about it. Uh, last one was just a snippet. Uh, a 4K projector which turns any wall into theatre-quality screen from just inches away. Um, this is on Ars Technica. Um, it's an ultra short row, um projector. Um, it's about $2,700, which is not cheap, but um, I don't know how that would yeah, compare.
0: But, um, yeah, if it's, uh, you know, it's... Uh, with with these short throw projectors um they're obviously popular for some kind of classrooms and yeah. and places where you, you've got limited space ceiling mount uh, a projector uh they're, they're great for that but uh you know what you normally pay for is um is resolution and uh brightness mm. um in the in these sort of, sorts of things and um from the quick look at the article i had i mean it's quite a uh, in-depth review that this chap's done. Uh, it looks like it's got both of those. So um, it looks like a pretty capable um, short-throw projector. And, uh, yeah, could could be interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of room for this in the market, uh, even though TV panels are... Um, Coming down vastly in price. There's there's still room for projectors. Mm. Uh, you know, when you want when you're in a different sort of uh, environment.
1: So, yeah. Well, yeah. as you say, I, I can see. Yes, this is obviously not a a lightweight piece of kit. It says this projector features built-in Harman Cardon speakers, uh, motion sensors to keep you from blinding yourself, and a lot of input. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um...
0: If they uh if if they would like to send me one for testing, I'd be more than happy
1: to do so. <laughs> Um, Well, yeah, I I I don't know how two thousand seven hundred dollars compares, but I'm I'm probably not that probably not considered that pricey, is it in that sort of uh, market?
0: No, if it's um if it's of a kind of professional brightness, Mm. uh, yeah, that's pretty reasonable uh, as as far as these sorts sorts of things go. And
1: this is described as a 4K ultra short throw laser projector home theater system. There we are. Um
0: yeah. I mean for home theater I, I probably wouldn't rely on the built-in speakers. You probably want to output that to uh, a DSP and uh, and your own sort of speaker setup mm. but but yeah, it's nice nice to have some uh, Harman Cardon speakers built in, for sure. Uh, yeah,
1: and um, there's a photograph here on the on in this article actually showing a you know a typical s- ceiling mounted projector about I don't know eight foot from the screen, and then highlighting the uh, the Vava sort of literally sitting at the foot of the projector. Mm. Screen. So ah, uh, there we are. Well, thanks for coming on, Steve, and. Uh, Sorry about the no, sorry about the weird <laughs> weird kind of disrupted half and half show. But um, well, this is the big. Well, there's, no,
0: there's no account for the for the internet so being there or not. No, that it's, is uh, true.
1: That's... One of the things I found out
0: being in IT support.
1: <laughs> yes, I have to say that um, you know I'm with Plusnet, and uh, that's not something that happens very often. We we normally have hmm. a bloody solid, um, very good connection. But um, there we go. I suppose yeah. there's no accounting for somebody sticking a track. The bloody backhoe through the fibre or something, <laughs> these things happen, yeah, right. They do. okay. Well, this is the part where we uh kind of wrap the show up. So, uh, normally, I this is where I ask you to uh tell everybody where you can be found around the internet.
0: Sure, well, um, most places you'll find me at nibsuk. Uh, N I B S UK. So that's Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook as well. Um, obviously, you'll find me on the Mac and Forth podcast. Um, that normally comes out uh, every Thursday night. And uh, yeah, that's, that's probably about it. Right.
1: Well, that's excellent. Um, and as everybody probably knows, oh, oh, I nearly forgot. I nearly forgot. Blimey, we got after my heartfelt plea and uh, perhaps Carl uh, on his solo show pleading pleading um and yes if you can hear that gunfire that's not actually uh you know bank robbers that's my son who's playing call of duty and left the door open oh right
0: uh unless it's the, the diwali fireworks which is what we're getting a lot of around here uh
1: no no um not around here i don't think um we're probably not a big enough town to have um enough people to be bothered about uh, right. um Pretty but sure. um yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Of course, yeah, that would be that would be a, a very Diwali thing to be doing, wouldn't it? Be setting off fireworks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's loads going off around here. Yeah.
1: Um, right, what? Let me quick look. Where's my? Where is it? Where did I put it? Oh, can't find it. Joe, can you shut that door, please? Where it that bit <laughs> out. Know. Cranks the sound up louder and louder, and then yeah, right, okay. Uh, yes, I forgot, I forgot. We had, um, after me saying for once, uh, you know, how about a review? We got a review. I had no, a re- yes, we had a, a um, a review. Uh, great podcast, five stars. I discovered this podcast after the host was a guest on another podcast I listened to. I subscribed, and several episodes later, I am hooked. Lots of good content here. Well, thank you. Uh, That's Geeks Corner UK. So um, thank you very much. And uh, after that, uh, yeah, sure, anybody else wants to do it, go, uh, you know, over to the uh, podcast, uh, Apple podcast app, and uh, leave a review. Um, You can uh, find us, of course, over uh, on the EssentialApple.com website. Do go and have a look. I've posted a couple of articles recently. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Don't forget, Mac Jim has his... Uh, family friendly Flickr group yes yeah, not instagram Flickr, and um i think that's probably about it the, the, the links to join us in the slack if you want are uh, in the show notes as usual and i think at that point i'll stop babbling and say uh thanks for coming on steve and uh best i go and check on my roast beef
0: <laughs> yeah thanks very much for having me on simon and uh, obviously apart from the uh... Slight hiccup with the internet. It's, uh, it's been a great chat, and uh, I've been happy to be oh, on. Oh,
1: lovely. Thanks for coming on, mate. No worries. Goodbye.
0: Cheers. Bye.
2: One Saturday, about 35 years ago, I was swimming in the giant Olympic competition pool at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, where I was living. And it was the regular Saturday afternoon community swim And all of a sudden, music was everywhere. It turns out they have an audio system in this massive pool. I'd been in the pool many, many times, but they had never turned on the music before. It was Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and it was a great experience listening to their entire album while I was swimming laps. Fast forward now, I swim at an equally gigantic community pool outdoors in Tucson, Arizona, because the Northwestern Pool was indoors because the weather is so rotten there. But it's gorgeous weather here in Arizona, so I swim outdoors at a nearby neighborhood community pool, and they have really crummy, tinny speakers blaring from the side of the pool. You could never have any idea what the music is. Well, H2O Audio, website, H2O, the letter O, h 2 H2O-A-U-D-I-O, H2Oaudio.com, For $100, has something called the Interval, I-N-T-E-R-V-A-L, Interval Swim Headphones for Apple Watch. It's extremely clever. It's a very lightweight, about a 2-inch by 2-inch spring-loaded frame where you put your Apple Watch in without the band, and then you connect the watch to the Interval, which is this black frame, very strange shape like something from a Star Wars movie. You'll see it on the website on our links here at Essential Apple. And you connect it using Bluetooth. There are some buttons into the base of the interval that are not real easy to press, but you get used to that. And then sticking out from either side of the interval, about 10 inches long, are earbuds with blue rounded tips. And the company, H2O Audio, has one, two, three, four, five different sets of earbud-type tips as well as three different types of Christmas tree industrial earplug or swimmer's earplug-type tips. So I guarantee you will find a tip that will seal the water so you can swim without getting water in your ear because that's important and be able to listen to your music. This is a brand-new product. It's compatible with Apple Music, Pandora, and any other apps. uses Bluetooth 5, 6-hour battery life of playback at 100% volume, compatible with Apple Watches 2, 3, 4, and 5. And the most important thing, it's rated IPX8, continuous underwater use. Then you can use it with other apps for tracking your swimming and stuff like that. Plus, they're coming out with a new app that will be released soon, and we can certainly announce that here at Essential Apple. But for $100, you get world-class audio because the sound is very, very good, excellent Bluetooth capability, and it's immediately compatible with your watch. What could be wrong with this? Designed for swimming, there's a little YouTube video, shows how it works. Their beta app is called My Swim Tracker, so we'll have more information on that, as I said. Then they also provided us a really nice set of goggles from their own company, H2O Audio, and a very, very visible H2O Audio silicone swim cap. When you go to the top of their website and you tap on products, you will see they have H2O Audio and H2O Time. So you can see the other products that the company has because they've been around since 2003, so over 15 years of audio gear for aquatic purposes. I'll be swimming this afternoon, and I will be able to give you a track-by-track analysis while I am underwater. So let's check out H2O Audio Interval and consider this if you do any stuff that involves being in, on, or under the water. Back next week.
1: And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the MyMac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the MyMac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, The G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David...
0: yeah I think just a straight ad don't you yeah like what what would we say like tech fan
2: podcast or uh,
0: are you are you interested in technology and gadgets
1: uh-huh do you um want to listen to two guys who know technology and gadgets? are
0: we claiming to be those guys
1: yes <laughs> well there there we go are we claiming to be that be those guys you be the judge tech fan podcast no. Yeah. That'll work. Let's use that as an ad. Central Apple Podcasts. Goodbye, and thank you for listening. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I was just what a I finished drama. talking I know. Well I finished talking about the quantum computers. Yeah. And yeah, and then <laughs> I was like Hello, hello? <laughs> oh. and then the boy come running in, Dad, Dad, the internet's gone off.
0: Uh, <laughs> and I thought oh. the kids to be the early warning system for the internet. Internet's
1: now. off, internet's off. <laughs> and it's like, right, restart the restart the, restart the routers, restart the bloody mesh, do this, do that. Nothing. Nothing. Doing it. but mm. I did it for about every half hour for about well, it was about three hours, wasn't it?